All right. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of Minds of Markets. Our guest today is one of the most prolific contrib contributors to the technical analysis body of knowledge today and arguably, arguably the world's foremost expert on volume analysis, which is great because I know so many, so many of my students, so many students at, at Prosper always ask about volume. So this is going to be great. Buff Dormeyer, CMT, asserts that volume, when used correctly, is the most important factor in any portfolio manager's toolkit. Buff, did I uh, did I present that right about you? Is that uh, is that all correct? That's uh, that's uh, that sounds to be right, Scott. Uh, awesome, awesome. So let's let's dive right into this. I mean, you've been in this space, you've been in this world for for a long time. How did you? find your niche and how did you get into the world of technical analysis? So in the world of technical analysis, so I started, uh, I was a right out of college, but a retail stock jockey. And you know, Where? I, I started at Payne Weber. Okay. So I, I was just, you know, I, I was straight out of college, uh, uh, young, but I looked even younger. I, I got carded to go to a, uh, a PG-13 movie. <laughs> so, so I had to, you know, I was uh, trying to, I would listen to the squawk box and we'd hear different stories about, and then I would try to dial people up and try to get them to buy the stocks. And so occasionally I would have, have a, some minor success, but I ran into some problems. And that problem was, is that once I got someone to buy the stock, I needed that stock to go up so I could sell it and have them buy something new. Well, the problem was these were great stories, but the stocks were just kind of in that stuff them in a drawer and they just didn't go anywhere. Well, one of the analysts there, uh, he, he gave some, he didn't tell a story, but he gave some great ideas. And every time he seemed to give an idea, it seemed like the stocks would move right away. And so I was like, well, what's, what's this guy doing? So I, I did some, uh, some back. And, and, and excuse me for interrupting, but that, that was before the, uh, the world of social media. That was before any of the, uh, the, the gurus or anybody out there could, could, could get out there and do a pump and dump or anything like that. Right. Yeah, this was, this was a, this was a squawk box. So basically yeah. a box sitting on your desk where you would hear like a radio program where the analysts would come on and share their stories. And again, this guy didn't have a story. He just told you what to buy. And then occasionally he would come out and say, well, that one didn't work. And then <laughs> another idea. Well, none of the other analysts did that. I mean, they would never admit to a mistake. They would just, you know, they would just forget about it. And then you'd be sitting there with, with a stock that is either going down or not going anywhere. But this guy, uh, that, so that's how I got into it. And he was not a, a CFA, but he was a CMT, a chartered market technician. So I called him up one day and he, and I was like, Hey, how do you know which stocks are going to go up? And so he told me about, he didn't flip a coin. <laughs> he told me about technical analysis and gave me some books to read. And, you know, uh, one of the first books I read, it just, you know, changed my whole perspective uh, on the markets. It was, it's not, it was not necessarily about, about value, but it was about people and what people are doing and people's behaviors. And so once I understood that, then I then then I knew that what direction I needed to go. That and, and that's actually a great story because that that really has not changed, right? Even with um, uh, high frequency trading, even with the world of of 
nanoseconds where people get information in a nanosecond. So much of trading is still behavior and psychological, isn't it? It's all greed and fear. I mean, that's from Adam and Eve. It's, it hasn't changed a bit. That's that's the highlight here, folks. It's all greed and fear. I love that. I love that. So um, so you started that and you, you, you found an interest in that and you're looking at all sorts of technical analysis. But how did you focus in on your baby? How did you focus in on volume becoming your go-to? Was it trial and error where you just looked at, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of different indicators or what, why was that, how, how is that correlated most to the psychological part of trading or the behavior of people of maybe joining the herd when they see, you know, big volume coming in or, or the other way? Why, how did that become your go-to? Well, back in the day, you know, all I did was just consume as much as I could uh, about market analysis and to digest as as much as I, I possibly can. And what it came, what I kept on coming back to is that I was learning that volume led price. And so not only did volume lead price, but volume also confirmed price. So if you, if you can use volume to identify trends, identify momentum earlier and simultaneously had a, had a, a higher probability of being correct, why weren't more people using volume in their analysis. And so that's kind of where I was like, well, that's what I should be doing. I should be using volume analysis and figuring out how do I use this data set uh, to to improve my results. And, and why weren't more people using it? I, I still can't figure that out today. <laughs> that's why I'm like I'm a volume evangelist. I'm out there preaching the preaching to the uh, to the to, to the congregation and, uh, you know, some occasion I'll get a few converts, but you know, to me, I don't understand it. It's, it's, uh, it's volume is not only a piece of data. It's not only a volume valuable indicator that leads and can confirm, confirm, but it's also uh, it, my study show it's a, it's a factor. And it's not only a, a factor, it's the factor that rules them all. It's the monarch of, of all factor analysis. So it's interesting that you bring that up. And, and just so our listeners know, we have not had this conversation, what I'm going to bring up before. So you were not prepped on this. But in my trading, which I do now, it's obviously far different than when I was a market maker trading on the floor, just trading the paper flow. But trading now and using technical and fundamental analysis, I, I typically keep things pretty simple. I'll use moving averages and you know some mean reversion, Fibonacci. However... I do have this big yellow chart on every graph of mine, which is volume. And I use that as a confirming indicator, as you just talked about. I don't look to me personally. I don't look to the volume indicator and say, oh, just because, you know, there, there's massive volume here. That's not my reason for getting in something. But if one of my other big technical indicators pops up and says, hey, take a look at this, and then the volume is there and confirms it, boom, I am looking for something to jump in on. So um, that goes right hand in hand with what you were talking about. And, and why do you see that as your confirmation? And I guess in addition to that, what is leading you? So what other indicator is your big indicator and then volume being the confirmation? Okay, so so a couple, couple thoughts there is that 
I like what you're saying, Scott. Scott, it's it's not a it's not about price. It's not about volume. It's the relationship between price and volume. You know, for every trade, there's there's really three sets of data. One is time when it happened. Two, what, what happened? That's the price. And and then three is how many people uh, participated uh, in in that movement. And then and so you really you need all 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 three, but particular. You, you need both of them because volume and price have a, a, a relationship and understanding that relationship can help you better, uh, better uh, position uh, your, your trading. So I look at volume, as I said, you know, the kind of confirming indicator. But when I explain it to my students, when we're going through a potential setup, and we talk about a big, a big volume indicator, I always tell them that that's kind of like a magnet. And that's the psychological part of, of trading. When you look and you see this massive volume, we're going to see those price trends towards that volume. That's, that's to me, again, that, that is such a massive confirming indicator. So I like to think of, you know, think of the market as, as an airplane and you're the pilot of this airplane. If you want that, you want that plane to go to to go higher, to change the trajectory, and you and so you change the trajectory. If you don't give that plane more fuel, it's going to stall. Volume is the fuel. It's the fuel of the market. It takes more and more people willing to participate at ever increasing prices to keep the proverbial plane ascending. So volume is that fuel, the capital that allows the market to move. So let me ask you about this because we everybody knows not there, there's no indicator out there that works 100% of the time. Just it, it doesn't happen. Anybody that says that they have the the holy grail, you know, you, you know, someone's you got to run as fast as you can away from it. There are indicators that work a good majority of the time. What do you do if you have your volume indicator and it's that small percentage of time that all of a sudden, you know what? The herd is not with it. The volume is not coming in. Plane is not ascending anymore. How do you know when that specific volume indicator is now perhaps invalid or, you know, has been invalidated? And once you recognize that, what do you do? So when the market goes through phases, so, you know, maybe maybe the stock was, was in an uptrend and that represents greed. More and more people willing to participate at the ever increasing prices. Uh, the the market is in is com being confirmed by that by by that volume, and so the implication going forward is bullish. But now let's say the the stock is still moving up, but fewer and fewer people are, are willing to participate at those ever ever increasing prices, and so now the law the 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 market isn't ruled by the by the governing force of greed. But that greed isn't, doesn't have the energy. Matter of fact, it's, law, it's working under laws of entropy. And so the, 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 the trend would be contradicted by fewer people willing to participate. And so in a situation like that, um, what I'm going to do is the, I'm not necessarily going to bail, but I'm certainly going to raise my stop to, to identify, to, not to try to pick a top, but to, but to adjust for this, that, that, that there's more risk that this, this, uh, this trend or this, this momentum uh, could could reverse on me. So, so I guess 
what I'm trying to get into your mind, this is why the minds of markets, is you get into a situation like that. And if I'm wrong, call me out on it. You're not thinking that your analysis is the holy grail or better than anything else. If something is confirming or invalidating against it, your your red flags go up, your caution signs go up, and you are going to adjust that accordingly, whether it be like what you just said, raising or lowering your stops if it's you know the other side as well. You're not just going to say, oh, no, I know better than what the market is is indicating here. So the data always leads my decisions. So if I'm trying to outthink it, then I'm probably going to miss. Say that again. Say if if I try to outthink it, I'm probably going to strike out. Okay, I'm going to use that tomorrow in my room with my students because it's that old, you know, proverbial saying of analysis by paralysis, right? I mean, like you said, the data leads. So that's good. So sorry, sorry, I interrupted. Continue with that, though. I'm, I'm doing this purposely because I want everybody to see that here is a market expert, you know, the go to person in this industry on this particular, you know, sent, uh, um, set of indicators with volume. But yet you always have to be nimble and adjust. That's right. I mean, think about what 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 the markets are. I mean, the, the price is really like the DNA of the market. Because like DNA, it contains all the information. Okay, so when when someone's buying a stock, who, who's usually controlling? It's usually it's usually the people with with the most resources who hire the smartest minds and then supply them with 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 the with with the best tools. Okay, so beating them, going against them head to head, that's that's a tough game. Okay, now. Volume, on the other hand, if price represents the DNA, because it represents all that information, all that information is embedded already in price. So the volume is like the market's RNA. Okay. So because RNA helps in it, what it does is interprets the information in DNA. And so volume helps you to interpret price. Now, now you're scaring the heck out of me because when I went to college, I majored in business and I got my finance degree, but I went in as a pre-med student mm-hmm. and it was DNA and RNA and everything else involved with that, that <laughs> took me out of that and had me transfer over into the business school. <laughs> but, but no, I get it. I mean, that's a really good explanation here. Um, I know you're, you're, you're very, very widely followed and, and I think you have a new book, right? Yeah, so the new book, um, the first book was Investing with Volume Analysis. That came out in 2011. It was the Technical Analysis uh, Book of the Year. This year, uh, July 2nd, The Volume Factor comes out. The first book was more about, was all about volume as analysis. How do you use this tool uh, to analyze stocks, to, to, to gauge trends? The second, the second book is, builds upon that, but it's more about how do you use it practically to make money, how do you use it uh, to create successful investment outcomes? So, where can people get that? You said it's coming out in July, July second, July second. You know, Amazon. It'll be widely distributed. And, and is it is it is it more of a technical book where you have to be kind of a seasoned trader or understand terminology, 
Or can someone that really is just starting off their trading career that is interested in technical analysis say, hey, look, I'm going to look at this and you know, I'm going to pick it up for the first time and I'm going to be able to understand this? So the first book really gets, you know, it starts out basic, builds the fundamentals, and then really gets deep. Okay. The second book is more at a higher level. How do you practically use the, use the tools? How do you take the tools to make strategies so that they can, they, they can lead to successful financial outcomes? And I think I know the answer to this. Does volume kind of transcend across all markets? Meaning that if you're going to use this analysis, does it hold whether you're trading, let's say, energy futures or options in Apple, or if you're trading currencies, is volume volume? Or do, is there a difference? Is, is there some sort of delineation depending on the asset class you're looking at? So it's what we're really studying, Scott, is economics, uh, supply, demand, and that's and what and that holds whether you're trading equities or currencies or whatever. What, what's important is and what differentiates it is, is the quality of the data set. So just make sure that you have a quality data set and volume should, should work so long as the, the quality is good. Yeah, and when you say quality data set, are you looking for time timeline on that? You know, is a month enough volume? Is 12 months? Is five years? What, when you say quality, what, what defines quality in your data set? So, well, Assuming it's not intraday, intraday is, is skewed because you know of the U-shapedness of, of volume, more volume trading in the at, in the open, more volume trading in the close. It gets skewed uh, intraday. But basically, what I'm referring to is like if you look at something like indexes, uh, index data on volume is is not any good at all. It's it's actually terrible. So when you're looking at, so if you pull up a, a stock and you see, I want to look at the S&P and I want to look at, at the volume, generally nine times out of 10, you're not even getting S&P 500 volume, you're getting the New York Stock Exchange. And if you're looking at the New York Stock Exchange and you're studying the S&P, you know, the Magnificent Seven, they all trade on the NASDAQ. So 25%, 30% of the weighting in the S&P doesn't, isn't even traded on the New York Stock Exchange. But it even gets worse than that. That's the first problem. The second problem is, is volume is tallied. So whereas indexes, um, indexes are, are weighted. And so they, the, the, it's all about, as we said before, the relationship between price and volume. And if your, if your volume is being tallied, basically you're overweighting all the, uh, small cap stocks, all the stocks that have small, you know, that trade in, in pennies. And, and if you're capital weighting, then you're overweighting the stocks that, that are generally higher price that have, you know, you know, these mega cap positions. And so mixing those two together, um, is, is just a really bad idea. So you have to correct that. And one of the ways that we do that is in our capital weighted volume that corrects the relationship between price and volume and indexes. And the other way we do it is capital weighted dollar volume or capital flows where we can track how much money is flowing into the S&P every day and how much money, how much, how much money is flowing out of the S&P each and every day. So look, so when you're, when you're able to, to differentiate those two, it gives you a, 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 some better data sets to study. When you talk about 
um, that that weighted volume is that um, in in more simple terms what a lot of people would look at as VWAP. Um, so um, v, VWAP is looking at on a tick by tick basis, and that can be really really helpful um, more more for your intraday trading. But um, the problem is, is that when when you're trying to use VWAP on longer periods of time than say uh, in, intraday, is that generally when big operations, like say a big institution, wants to wants to accumulate a position, what what they're going to do is they don't want to move they don't want to move it. Okay, so what they're going to do is they'll they'll buy on the bid. Okay, and so they'll they'll hit the bid, and and when they want to sell, they'll sell at the ask. So that, that way they don't move the price too much. Now you would know this, Scott, but I'm more talking to your to your listeners here. Absolutely. So, and, and so, um, what? So it, it's not as effective uh, the VWAP in longer periods of time. Which I think for for our students here at Prosper, um, those of you watching this, you'll know that Mike Shore uses VWAP all day long because he is day trading. I don't really look at it outside of maybe if there's, you know, something extraordinary on one end or the other, because the positions we're taking in in my room are, are longer term, you know, weeks, month. So uh, that's exactly the reason why Mike Shore uses it very, very closely. And I rarely use it. So glad that you just confirmed that. So again, the volume factor comes out July 2nd, find it on Amazon or you know, favorite you bookstore. Yeah. You can pre-order it now on Amazon. But oh, there we go. You know, just Google it. You'll find several vendors willing to willing to get it to you. Amazing, amazing. Well, Buff, I really appreciate this, and I know our you know a, a good good number of our students are going to really enjoy this because we talk about volume all the time, and and it is really a critical component of analysis. And I, I think that that's going to pique a lot of interest and hopefully it'll spark some book sales for you also. But um, I love it. Where, where can they find you? If somebody wants to, to find you, where can they find you? So um, my email address is buff at kingsview.com. Uh, um, that's the best way to reach me. Perfect. Well, thank you very much, sir. This has been great. Like I said at the beginning, this is a little bit of a, a deviation from our, our normal interview here. And I love getting into this technical analysis. And, you know, you spelled it out uh, pretty plainly, which is a great thing. So I know my our, our listeners, our followers are going to enjoy that. And Buff, I truly, truly appreciate your time. All right. Thank you, Scott. Wish you the very best. Thanks. Have a great one. All right. Volume, never leave a chart without it. <laughs> there you go. Never leave your chart without it. I love that. The Minds of Markets podcast is an exploration, a deep dive into the minds of some of the best traders and investors in the market. Our goal is to help you, the listener, learn from some of the best out there to improve your knowledge and skill set as a trader or investor. The Minds of Markets podcast should be used for inf information and entertainment purposes only. The opinions expressed in this podcast are our opinions only and none of the information contained in this podcast constitutes a recommendation that any particular security, portfolio of security, transaction, or investment strategy is suitable for any specific person. Trading is risky and past performance is not 
a guarantee of future results.